Get Real with Lisa Crown Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I've got a rock star in my hot seat today. I'm so excited. I love interviewing dual people, like someone who ran their whole sales you know, gig for years and years and years and had nothing but success under their belt and then transitioned into being a sales manager and truly, an, in, in your own right, a national trainer. I mean, doing classes, she's all over. I mean, if she's not on a plane, she's out there hustling with her sales team. I am so honored to have you here today, Erin. Thank you so much for being here. Erin is, um, when she was a sales exec, she was always in our top five or 10% in the country. And now she's one of our strongest sales managers we have. Erin Sheeler with Tycor Title. Welcome uh, to the Get Real with Lisa Crown podcast. Nice to have you here today. Oh, thanks, Lisa. It's it's a pleasure to see you. And um, thank you so much for your support and your coaching throughout the years. I know um, I have two of my sales execs were your first yes they were they were some of your first so thanks for giving me a shot you know i mean this was really a new gig back almost eight and a half years ago in this role so it's like if i didn't have sales managers like you being like here take a couple of my people you know then i I wouldn't have kicked this thing off so thank you and they're still with us today so they're still with our company they're doing (laughs) wonderful they are excelling, so thank you for- Oh, that means so much. Thank you. That's, that was so fun to work with both of them. They're amazing, and thank you for that. Appreciate thank it. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about like how long you've been in title, like how you got started from the beginning, moved into being a successful sales exec, and then kind of moved into being a sales manager. So kind of looking for that timeline and a little bit of like how you got there. Well, um, I'm, I'm not going to go into too much of a detail of my past, but I will share with you that I grew up in the real estate industry. Uh, my parents were actually real estate agents, and so I kind of had that in my blood. Um, and then in 1988, I started working in the real estate industry as a real estate assistant. Um, then I worked myself up to actually running a, a local franchise in town, and I was going to college at the same time. and had some great opportunities, great mentors. Um, Then I left uh, that side of it and decided to get into title. So in 1996, I started with a boutique title company in town. Uh, And then um, one of my mentors, well, a mentor was a mentor to us. He passed away um, shortly after we opened Tycor, but in 2004, he recruited me over uh, and he said, you know, I really want you to come over to Tycor, start it with us. And also he was kind of the one that really promoted and wanted me to start the education platform, which we'll talk about later. But yeah, that's that's my history. So growing up in the industry and, you know, understanding it, but also being around the real estate community most of my life. So, so where's your now. where's your cities that you cover? So you're the only, you're our only title company from our F and F family sister companies there. Yes, yeah, actually, Northern like Reno, Nevada. right? Yes, so Northern Nevada would be um, Reno, Lake Tahoe, uh, your Incline Village area, Carson, Gardnerville, Fernley. Uh, we actually um, do all six counties throughout the area, so we service those counties. And we have offices seven office locations, and then we have six sales executives. So uh, yeah, we're the only direct operations. Wow. It's nice. It's It's good to know, especially for my listeners who have a lot of business referrals up there. I've sent you a few referrals because we've got people who definitely are doing transactions up there. Love it up there, by the way. You live in like a little piece of heaven. Um, I will say, oh, and when did you become a sales manager? When did that transition? 
So it's a, this is a very complicated story, but we, um, I have always been kind of the sales leader since, right. but because, um, of some personnel issues, I'll, I'm just going to be very honest. My county manager is my husband. And so that was, that. yeah, so that was a very difficult thing. We had to figure out how yeah. to work together. Um, you know, he was a sales manager at another title company. When I was at the boutique, we yes. competed against each other. And this is kind of oh. a crazy story. We competed oh. against each other. Um, and he tried to recruit me to his company and I said, no. So we were, it, we were dating, engaged, married, and had a child as competitors for oh eight. Oh my God. What a neat story. Yeah, it was kind of neat because we'd go into the same offices and try and go after each other's business and people are like, oh my gosh, you know, this is <laughs> Steve and Aaron. So, you know, when we started Tycor, um, we had to really separate that. And also I'm a very competitive person, Lisa. Mm -hmm. So it was hard because, you know, I'm, I'm competing um, out there and trying to get business. And I, I kind of wanted to help Steve grow Tycor and our company. We didn't want to just have me as a sales manager. And I think there's some of that 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 had to happen. So he had to relinquish that he had to trust. And then a few years ago, um, I started during the pandemic, actually, um, as the sales official sales manager. Official so. sales manager. So yeah. this is, you know, the Get Real podcast. So we've got to ask juicy questions because that's way yeah. too juicy. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so did it cause like fights and problems or you managed to make it work to the best of your ability? You know, we made an, uh, we made a decision when we first started dating, not to talk about business after five or at all. I mean, as competitors, you don't, but when we started working together, we said, you know what, we just can't talk about work because, you know, a lot of people would think that he was talking about personnel issues with me and he didn't, you know, he doesn't, and he still to, doesn't to this day, people assume that but we really kept it separate the only bad thing is as a woman love to share love to talk about my day so that was hard because he's one of those hey it's five we're not talking anymore um so that you know that was that was we had to work through that but you know we've been married um for 23 years and wow. you know we've been we've been working in this industry um most of our lives because you know we've known each other in the business so yeah that's that's the juicy what a <laughs> Cool story. Oh my God. I love it. Like I, you don't hear that that often, you know, usually the husband and wives really do work together, not that they compete. And that's just such a, that's such a fun historical story to like share people. I'm sure at this point, you know, obviously no, but it's just such a cool thing. Like my, my job when I was in sales was like happy and my clients were happy and my life was all happy. And my husband was a homicide detective. So all his clients were dead. So we had such different days when I come in just so cheery, he's like, just been on a case for 40 hours and like not in the headspace. So we kind of did that too of like, let's not dive into all that stuff. <laughs> Cause I'm just so happy. And he's just like trying to figure out, you know, these cases, but anyway, it's just so interesting to hear the different dynamics. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah. You know, you spent the majority of your sales career in the top five and the top 10. I mean, year over year, Aaron, you were at the top and your competitiveness got you there. That's got to be one of your big driver bones because um, you remained at the top. You know, if someone is listening right now and they're trying to get into the top 10% in the company, what advice do you have for them to get there? Yeah. You know, I think probably one of the biggest things is building relationships, you know, and, and not looking at the order 
right then and there, you've got to earn your right to get the business. And so my biggest thing was building relationships and having people trust me and then being there for them when they needed me. And so I will say that, you know, uh, I always ask my daughter, she's 20 now, and she's actually working at our company in customer service, but I'm like, was mom around? And she says, you were around, but mom, you were always, um, you know, there for your clients. They would call on the weekends and after five, and I was always there for them. And I think you have to establish that with your, with your clients because they need you. And, and when they need you, that can be something they will always remember. Hey, you know what? Aaron was always there for me. So I'm going to send her my next escrow. Um, and also just know your business, know, and, and be a practitioner, learn everything you can. Uh, you know, that was one of the things that I did is at a very, you know, when I was at the boutique, I, I will tell you, I had a bad sales manager, Lisa. I had one that didn't want to teach me anything. She just wanted to tell me what to do. And so behind her back, I know this is bad, but I started learning about title and escrow um, after five with an escrow officer and then title with a title officer because I wanted to learn my craft so I would be better at what I did. That wasn't so, bad. That was smart. Yeah, well, I had to because she just was not one that wanted any growth for me. Uh, so I had to figure it out. And I think that's with anybody. So just be, you know, you have to be out there. You have to be talking to people and be consistent. Do you feel that's the relationship piece, which is critical, right? Because people aren't going to do business with you if they don't trust you. My motto has always been, I love the opportunity to earn your next order, you know, that we have to earn it, right? So I love that you tapped on that because that's a big, big piece. But in our market today, where the orders are less, you know, the opportunities are less and people are thinking, I want to still get up there or people are in the 5% are going down to the 10 or not even, you know, invited to our event at all. And they came out of it. It's like, oh, you know, so they maybe have relationships or they maybe been around for a long time. Is there anything in our current market way to get them back up? Where do you think that piece is? Well, you know, I I think the thing is um, you have to learn um, you got to learn your statistics. You got to learn your market. Uh, you have to be able to discuss the market intelligently to your clients and also give those resources to them. You know, there's always going to be that up and down of, you know, being up to the five and down to the 10 and up and down. You're always going to have that. I had it. Um, there's going to be those moments and I think we've been on this high, honestly, the last two years. And everybody's like, wait a minute, now what do I do? Just go back to the basics. We tell our real estate agents to go back to basics, right? So if it's a thank you card, follow up um, email or video text or you know any kind of communication, it's all about going back, back to basics. That's all you need Absolutely. to do, right? Don't, don't worry about is there this you know silver bullet there is no silver bullet in this business there never has been you just got to keep doing what you've always done yeah. just don't stop be consistent right. be persistent that's all love it thank you for that you know um something that's really impressive i've always seen the lists in the charts through the years and it's been so impressive to see your name on the top 10 sync users in america that is not easy to get that spot sister let me tell you that was 
really, really impressive. And upper management was just in awe. They really wanted to um, promote, you know, this platform and you did an excellent job doing it. There are people listening right now who want to do a better job with promoting sync. What is the messaging that you were using to get out there to win customers over with sync? You know, I think you have to first identify, uh, first of all, what what teams or groups were using other CRMs. You know, that was one of the things. So I was kind of noticing were they using um, these other CRMs that were were similar to, to Sync. Uh, then I was scheduling appointments with each of them, if it was a coffee or a lunch or whatever, and talking about their business. You've got to find out about their business first. Don't go in and go in for the kill and talk about the product. Find out what they need. What are they lacking? If you and I love this because I also was coached by Daryl Turner. He always said this. Um, if you could add one thing to your business right now, what would that be? And when I did that, they would be like, well, you know, I really like my CRM, but it's not doing this or it's not doing that. And that's where you kind of fit um sync in there or any of our other programs that we have you know we have some great programs out there that we are a part of that fidelity national financial is so that's the thing is just don't try and sell the product find out first if they even need it i think that's the thing because so many people were like sending out these little emails and saying sync 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 it's like yeah but do, do they really need it right you know i mean that's a good and, point and I still have people on the the, the platform now to this day. And now do they love it? They do. They do. You know, and it does make a difference when you have the support of the company as well. So you have to have, you know, it was great because we had such a great support staff at Sync that was there when we needed them. Um, but yeah, I mean, I didn't I didn't try and push and sell it. Uh, in that way, it was more, hey, what added value can I bring to your business? And that's all you need to do. Very good. Thank you for that. Um, you were also very famous, you know, in many, many operations um, regarding your number one continuing education programs for real estate agents. You've done a lot around around all different towns. You go to different operations, different sister companies. You just become brand neutral. And we really appreciate that that you would spend time doing that to help educate, you know, other people. Give us a little bit of color on that. Um, and, and I, I'm, you know, you had mentioned to me that you've leveraged it through the pandemic. That was a real smart play on your behalf. Cause I know a lot of people are like, everyone zoomed out. Well, they're zoomed out. If that's your story, it wasn't Aaron's story. You were out there training and educating, giving us, give us a little bit of color about that world for you. Well, you know, it started when I was at the real estate franchise. I actually developed a two-week training program back then in the, the 90s. So, I mean, we're dating ourselves here. And and that was kind of my thing. You know, when you find your thing and that that your superpower, I guess you could say. Yeah. My superpower because um, creating classes was very simple for me. And maybe that's because I think like a real estate agent and a lender. So growing up in real estate, I just started thinking, what does a real estate agent need to know or want to know? Not what I think they need to know. That's the key. You can't be like pushing on something to a real estate or a lender when you've got to start thinking about what do, what do they need? What are they thinking at this point? So I um, when I when we started Tycor in 2004, 
we, my mentor said, hey, Aaron, I want you to create these education classes. I think this is your thing. And he knew my superpower. Um, he was a wonderful man. His name is Bill Hanks. He passed away a year after we had opened our doors um, and from cancer. And, and what a great mentor, mentor to my husband as well, and very well known. And he always could see something in someone, you know, I think that's a thing. And so um, I started uh, partnering with some local instructors that were developing classes. And so we just started adding more classes. If it was a law class, agency, contracts, ethics, property management, all the required classes that the state requires agents to take to for their license renewal. And I also um, added title classes, escrow classes. I even did a CFPB class at one point. Nice. Over. So anytime anything new is coming into our market that things are changing, I would create a class. So we actually, um, as of this month, have the largest education platform for real estate agents in the state of Nevada. So we own, wow. Highcore actually owns these classes. We offer them. We have instructors that are experienced educators and real estate agents out there teaching on behalf of us. I teach um, property manager that that teaches for us. So we've really created this, but it was our way of getting in front of them. Lisa, you know, this was the way to get in front of real estate agents. We found a need and then we met that need. Right. So that was what we did. And so um, during the pandemic, I will tell you, we had to shift like, you know, it, March came and what happened? It was like, we're all at home, right? Yeah. So I was on the phone with the real estate division and I said, hey, you know, we've got people that have to renew their license. What are you doing? Because you have to be in person. You have to physically be in person to get credits. And I'm like, we got to think outside the box. And our state did not believe in that. They were all about you have to be sitting in an office or in a room in a training room. So I had chatted with them and I said, hey, you know, what do you think about doing Zoom? So automatically they, we worked together with the state. They flipped the switch. They said, Zoom is it. But thank, thank God yeah. <laughs> for our team at Pulse because, you know, if, if anybody, I'm a Pulse supporter in so many ways, if anybody wants to ask, but we had Pulse schools and quickly we were able to pivot. And because of our Pulse team, we were able to get these classes on Zoom and put them in our pool schools and start tracking and have this whole entire platform ready for us. And, and it wasn't just CE classes too, Lisa, it was events. Like we would have like guest speakers talk about the pandemic. We would have people talking about what, you know, I had um, some market statistic, uh, a, a stats guy speak. We had our 1031 exchange person. We had people coming in and I was doing these classes and that's how we were able to be in front of our clients. So when people say, well, education, I don't, you know, that we don't need to do that. It's like, you know what? I will tell you, and I think Lisa, you might remember, do you remember all of us in meetings in 2008 in Southern Cal and they were talking about the SB 133? Yep. Okay. After that meeting, I said, if, if Nevada ends up doing something similar to SB 133, we better know our business. Yes. We better know title and escrow. Because yes. if we get taken, if that gets taken away and we can't do, we can't talk about our products and services and everything, you better know your craft. So that's kind of when I started, the lights, light bulb came on and I'm like, we really need to start educating, not just our, 
real estate agents and lenders, but the consumer. So I do a lot of that consumer facing education as well. So that's kind of the story. It's, it's been a, it's been a journey. I love helping our family of companies. So I've told everyone anytime anybody wants to reach out, um, I will help them and guide them and get them classes and, and find a way to make it happen in any market. doesn't matter if you're in California or whatever market, I know laws are different, but you can find a way you really can. Yeah, I think it's phenomenal that you do it. I was a big class teacher myself. Hence, I moved my whole career into being a coach. I love to coach and train. I love to stimulate brains. I love people to learn. I always say you either win or you learn. You know, it's like it's just goes hand in hand. Um, I will ask you this on a sidebar thing because you're so good at classes and have been for so long. There are people that are listening have never taught a class before. They have a lot of nerves around it, a lot of nervous energy. Um, or as they taught a class and it was a shit storm. What, what advice do you have for somebody who has never really got up on stage to kind of teach the class and they're overthinking it a lot and they're really nervous? Wow. Yeah. You know, I actually was really shy growing up. Um, I was very um, withdrawn and I never thought I would be able to speak. And it's so funny because I feel more comfortable in front of a thousand people or a hundred people than I do with one which is interesting uh, because I don't know why. I will tell you that the thing that I would recommend is practice, practice, practice. The more you teach, the more comfortable you yes. are. Uh, and also back in the day, I went through Toastmasters. I know this is really, I mean, old, you know, but yeah. you do, you know, when you're going through Toastmasters and presenting and things like that, I think you get used to being around people and being in front of people. And I think this is the thing, they're not judging you when you're speaking, they want information. And I really love about things about stories. I think when you teach, stop talking and share stories. Yeah. That is the key because people don't want you to go off of a PowerPoint. They want to hear your story of why, how is that going to affect them? So sometimes that feels better when you're when you're talking about a personal story or a story that's happened in one of your operations and then it kind of opens that conversation that's kind I'm of I'm glad you said that because I have a huge brand new class I'm launching tomorrow and I'm like it's missing something Erin something's missing in my agenda like I love it I'm I'm happy we are 98% and there there's something's missing and it's that I'm so glad you said that right now. That was the missing piece. I need a couple of my stories. It's a mindset class. So I need some stories we've done. You just solved my life's problems. Thank you, Erin. Appreciate that. <laughs> hey, so what, we're going to shift gears. What is your message of the moment Q1 for your sales force? Like what are, what are we really getting across them right now? You know, uh, I will tell you that the market will always change. And, and this is the thing is, is I've been doing this for 35 years now and, or I could say longer than that. Um, and you know what, don't get comfortable um, because it's going to change again. So know your market, know your local market, know your national market okay. and how that affects, because we're in a very positive area right now because of growth. We're growing uh, a lot here in Reno. We've had a lot of people moving to the Reno area because of tax reasons and things like that. But, but know your craft, know your area, and then also be solution oriented, you know, find solutions for your, your agents and your lenders and partner up with them. 
you know, we, we've done some partnering with some of the lenders and talking about 2-1 buy-downs and 3-2-1 buy-downs. Uh, we've been doing some classes on um, assumptions and seller financing and things like that. So get in and jump in. Don't be sitting back waiting for, you know, everyone to give you information. You've got to go out and search for it. So my team um, has been definitely making phone calls, video texts, emails. They're out everywhere. I will tell you that we kind of have this funny little thing that everybody, even our clients now put hashtag Tycor everywhere because it's it's been really powerful because they'll go, Oh, hashtag Tycor everywhere. We go to every event. We are facing everyone. We're talking to everyone. Of course, we're careful with, you know, all the other things that are going on and, you know, the pandemic and, and COVID and stuff like that. But we've gone to every single thing and the comments we get are, gosh, you know, you guys are everywhere. You're always out there. And I, and we always come back and say, you know why? Cause we want your business. Mm-hmm. Cause we want to earn it up. You got to ask the question. You got to ask, do. you do, <laughs> you know? And I think that's the thing is sometimes we skirt around. Yes. Just say, how can I earn your business? That's all you they need to do. do skirt around. I'm glad you brought that up. And if you're listening and you're skirting around, don't, no. don't, you can't be a silent title person or a silent agent or a silent lender. Whoever's listening to this, you can't be silent in what you do. It's okay for us to ask. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I just, I'm so glad. Yeah. And then that. non-directing clients. That's another one we're really working on um, NDCs. So, you know, uh-huh. people, on the other side of the transaction really uh focusing on that that's been kind of a big initiative and um yeah i mean that's it's real simple you just keep doing it what you're doing right that's right it's you're absolutely right about that thank you for that now somebody's listening right now and they're thinking themselves i want to be a sales manager one day i'm a sales rep and i want to be a sales manager one day what are some steps or tactical things they can do to kind of work their way there you know i think um Becoming a team, a leader, you know, you, you've got to lead, you've got to be part of the team. I, you know, I was always kind of the leader before I officially became manager, but I still don't look at myself as a manager. I'm not managing you. I am, I'm leading you. I am directing you. I am sharing my best practices throughout my years. And that's what I, I have done that's been successful is, is I'm, I feel equal to my team. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm, you know, I'm up here on the hill. I don't feel that way. And I don't think anyone should because anything could change, right? That's right. And you have to also look at each individual salesperson that you work with um, differently because how they do their business could be different than the other. So I have one that's, you know, old school. She's been doing this a long time. She's been in sales her whole entire life and she's a killer. She's amazing. And, but she's not techie. Right. And she says that she goes, I'm not techie. So we find these, these things about each of our salespeople that makes them different. And then you want to work with that. So don't try and put a a square peg in a round hole because you can't do that. And I think to being uh, inclusive, you know, bringing, making sure everybody feels like they're part of each other and their team. And we all, we have a text chat, you know, and we're all making funnies and having a good time and enjoying each other. 
so that's kind of my my thing. Uh, and also put your ego at the door. Um, I, you know, there you can be very egotistical in this industry if you're a top producer and then you become in sales and say, well, when I was in sales or when I was a you know top producer, yes, but there's a way of sharing that you have to be careful with. And I think be careful um, when you transition to that because I've had to, you know, I I'm I make mistakes. I will tell you, I make mistakes, but I do love my team. My team is amazing. They work so hard and I'm very fortunate. Yes, you are. That I'm so glad you brought that up about making mistakes because that's what this whole thing's about. How are we supposed to grow if we're going to be just rolling game perfectly, which is impossible, right? So it's part of the growth piece. So I love how you said that. Um, Did you talk to people above? Did you talk to people and say, this is my vision, this is something I want to do? Should should you, should we encourage people to talk to their county manager and say that they're interested? Like, what's your thought on that? You know, I, I had a different circumstance because um, Steve was never my direct manager. I always had someone who yeah. was my, so John Halifka is mine. Um, prior to that, you know, Don DeVoyce and Paul DeFalco. I mean, I've had different managers that I've answered to. Just, Legends in our company. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and, you know, um, Diana Steiner, she was amazing. Love Diana. Um, so, you know, I had people that I shared, but they also looked at, you know, was it a good time for me, um, you know, and for the company? Because really timing makes a big difference. And and so I, I also had to look at myself and say, can I or do I want to? Because I really love being out in the field. I love getting that deal. I love, you know being in front of everyone. And so I kind of had to say, am I ready? And then, um, you know, a few years ago, I said, I'm ready, you know, I'm ready to to lead. And I think you do have to say something because not everyone knows. You That's know, right. And, and you also have to say, you know, hey, maybe this is not the right time this year or next year, but at least putting it in front of them so that when that opportunity opens up, there's a there's a good time. You know, I went to leadership, Lisa, and FNF leadership, which is amazing, um, back in 2016, and that really opened my eyes. But I could even tell that I wasn't ready, even then. Yeah. You know, like, I just, I was like, I want to be out in the field, and I want to be, and it was, a, sometimes, honestly, um, I love the accolades. I love the awards. I love all of that. But now yeah. I've kind of said, you know what, this is time for me to switch and share what I know to my team and and to others and so that's where i'm at now yeah and that's good advice that's good advice um i felt i feel the same you know i feel the same about that um and that was that was a great way of putting it i i feel like we do have a lot of people who want to climb our ladder and the beauty of fntg is that we have a big ladder filled with opportunity and we can't read your mind though you know, and I appreciate the people who reached out to me and said, I want to be a manager. I want to be a county manager. I want to be a trainer. I want to be, I appreciate that. I want people to grow and flourish to the fullest. We get one life, Aaron. We really need to, I want to encourage everyone at our company. You could be, I coach um, customer service representatives. I did a class for them mm-hmm. and I even told them, like, where do you envision yourself within our firm? You know, I want to be a big manager. Fantastic. You get to work your way up, you know, but I love how you said, and this is a really important piece at any company, it's just not just ours, is there there is time frames. 
And if we, if you find patience in your vision, you could do really well here. It's, I did not overnight become a coach. I shared my vision and it took me time. They didn't want to get rid of my dough. You know, they're like, no, you're closing too much. I go, no, but we'll keep the dough. I'll work it out with you guys. But just being in communication with them, it started to develop where I ultimately got to be where I wanted to be. So I love that. Thank you for that. So you talked a little bit about like having a niche and how different each salesperson is other, other than teaching classes for you. Cause that was a huge part of your niche. What do you feel made you stand out why you became in the top 5%, which is like one of the best positions a sales exec could be in the country. So what do you think was your it factor or your niche? You know, I would say the, the education piece of knowing my business you know, knowing escrow and knowing title, because everyone would look at me as this resource, right? So they would have a question about escrow or they'd have a question about title. And um, I, I keep learning now to this day, Lisa. I mean, I'm not, I don't stop. I learned everything I can and I'll ask questions. I'm like, okay, so why are we, why is this title policy this way? Or why are we not insuring this property? Um, how do you, you know, why is, what's the new escrow admin requirements you know like i'm involved uh with our escrow admin and she's sharing with me hey this is what escrow is changing um from you know higher ups this is what our new policy is so knowing your craft and i i said you know what the one thing that's going to be my superpower if i don't have products and tools you can't rely on those things you have to know this business so my thing was i got to know escrow and title if I know escrow and title, then I know that I'm going to be okay. Did you if, leverage different people to learn? Like you said, you went after hours with an escrow officer. Did you pick out other people? Because I want to give this as like a tactical for a listener about what to do to get more educated. Because when I train new people and I say, what do you need to improve? Every single one of them says title and escrow knowledge. So I do tell them to talk to escrow and I do tell them to go to their manager and I do tell them, you know, to talk to real estate agents and really, you know, look at in news and look at different things. Where, where are you wanting to direct people to get more knowledgeable in that space? So, you know, I um, definitely, uh, what I did is I, I just go after the top producing escrow officer. Like one of ours is in the top 2% and top 5% in the nation. And, and so I would sit down with her and say, you know, Susan, um, share with me what you know about this, this, and this. You know, I, I would say you, you came with the topics. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would come to the topic. And then I'd also say, hey, what are some things? And this is one of the things you always have to ask your escrow officers. What are the issues right now on your desk? What are things that you would like real estate agents and lenders to know that is becoming an issue? So we used to do escrow tips of the week and escrow and title tips of the week. So I would get a title tip and escrow tip and then expound on that and educate the real estate community on that. And that's kind of what was my thing is people were like, oh gosh, you know, Aaron knows all about this and that. And if I didn't know, I would say, you know what? I've never had this question or, you know what? I don't know, but can I find out? So I would get on the phone with our title operations manager and go, okay, Ron, like, I've got John here on the call. Can you explain this? So you've got to find people that are willing though. You, you could have people that are busy and they just don't have the time. Find those who do have the time and sit down with them. 
I like how you brought up the escrow tip and the title tip, because in our market today or in our world today, doing that as a post in social media and getting on video with your, your escrow officers and asking for a tip for them and the things that they need, just like Aaron said, from the real estate agent, how to make their life easier. And those, those moments not only educate the person doing the video with them, the rep, but also our audience. Right. So I think it's an excellent tip right yeah. there. Um, well, I know you're busy. You got to get out to your, you know, your world out there. So thank you so much for being with us today. I'm going to wrap it with my famous last question. That is in life or in business, what do you know for sure? <laughs> uh, don't get comfortable. Change is inevitable. Yes. I mean, I so just true. never get comfortable. You know, it, it, the last two years have been great. Um, a lot of people were busy and it changed, didn't it? And it changed, you know, back in 1981 when my parents had their real estate business and interest rates were at 21%. Oh. Yeah, don't get comfortable because it will always change. And that's, uh, that's always been my thing. I, I never get, I never get comfortable, Lisa. Ever. I love that. I love that about you, Erin. I I want to almost pick your brain though in that because I think a lot of people listening got were comfortable and they were running game on a two years, two, two and a half year stretch. To be honest, it's been a really great 10, 12 years and it just got incredible for two years. And I do think we have a minds, a national mindset issue right now, personally, where the people did get comfortable. What do you now? We can say to them, don't get comfortable, but can, do you have anything to add to that? Where, where, where can we help them shift in that? You know, I think, um, I think the only way you can really change someone's mindset is talking about the past and the present and what the future is. So again, going back to knowing your market, knowing your stats, knowing that, you know, for example, there's a lot of people looking at foreclosures right now. They are not even close to becoming um, prevalent in our market yet. And I'm saying, hey, look at this, look at what happened in 2008 versus now. You got to know the differences, right? And, and change in life will happen, right? I mean, you, you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. So you just have to live for today and be thankful for today mm -hmm. and and then again be ready for that change and adapt you've got to adapt adaption is probably the most important thing um, agreed don't there's no way you can control anything there's no way to control anything and i i i just have to go with the flow you have to go with the flow and you have to just pivot quickly and move on stop looking at the past you know i'm not i don't like looking at the past and going oh i you know this is the way the reason why i am who i am i get it's great and that's why i'm so you know strong and i have a work ethic because my mom that woman had like two or three jobs you know taking care of us girls you know i mean you watch where you are but you just gotta you gotta just be powerful and and move on just move on that is excellent thank you aaron so much for your time and your words of wisdom and you gave out tons of nuggets today for me thank too. You. I took little things. I'm like, Oh yeah. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> so thank you. Cause that's what I'm looking for when I'm interviewing someone. So thank you so much for being in the hot seat, sharing your, you know, best practices and your ideas. And, um, you are a beautiful person inside and out. And I appreciate you so much. Thank you for being thank here. You, today. Lisa. It's, it's been a pleasure working with you all these years and, 
you're just, you're a light and shine every morning to me because I listen to your podcast <laughs> and I share it with my team if they're not. <laughs> like, you're always, you've got the great message. So thank you for everything that you do for our company. Thank you. Appreciate you so much. Thanks, Erin. All right. Take care. Bye.